Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. Yes, it's okay to kiss my wife on stage. Yes, so proud of you, Mael. Great job, and great job, everyone. Man, it's so good to see all of you. You are in the right place. Welcome to Portland Christian Center. Yes. And for those of you online, we are so glad that you're here with us. Today, we are continuing our series on the me you were designed to be. Say that with me. I want to be. Let's try that one more time. Say, I want to be. The me. He designed me to be. Absolutely. You know, growing up, one of the things my dad, who is here, by the way, Pastor Wes, would you just welcome my dad? So glad you're here. And uh, my mom is here as well. Uh, She's helping take care of Tate. Um, But when I was growing up, one of the things that was given to me as a distinct and amazing privilege my brother and I had to trade off doing was mowing the lawn. And I got pretty good at mowing the lawn with a Honda lawnmower that was made in 1986. And we rested that baby, uh, gave it to the ground, and I think around 2016. It lasted a very long time. It was a, I actually, I think it's in your backyard, and he could start it up probably if he wanted it to. But it's still alive. It's a, it's a keepsake in our family. Um, and so one summer, I'll, I'll never forget, I was mowing the lawn or trying to mow the lawn, and he had taught me how to make sure the lawnmower is ready to go. You have a spark plug. You have to make sure that there's oil and there's gas and all these different things. And so I'm getting ready to go out and mow the lawn. And so I get out there. And by the way, one of the reasons this story um, like kind of came in my mind is, how, who has enjoyed the weather in Portland lately? Let's go. Okay, who, who, I just want to be, be honest. A lot of people live in Portland because they like the rain and the gray. So who is not enjoying the sun? Would you raise your hand? I'm just looking for the altar call at the end. Okay, there we go. We see those hands. All right. But I just love the sun. I love the sun. So I got out on Friday, and I was ready to mow, you know. And so it got, it got me thinking about this message today. And I remember when I was, um, man, I think I was about 16 or 17, and it was my turn to mow the lawn. And it was the first time it really got out there. And so I, I get it out there, and, and it has the pull cord, right? So I'm pulling the lawnmower, and it's doing that thing, but, but it's not starting. And it's a Honda, and as I'm told, Hondas are always supposed to start. So I am pulling it, pulling it, and it's not working, so the first thing you check is the gas, right? So I look in there, plenty of gas. And so then I look in the spark plug, it, I don't know how to check a spark plug, but it's there, right? So I'm thinking, oh, it's good, so I'm pulling, I'm pulling, I'm pulling, and nothing's working, and I am frustrated. And I'm about ready to do the unthinkable, go ask my dad for help, (laughs) or as men, ask help at all. And so finally he comes out, and I think he, I don't know if he remembers this, but I I feel like he was up on the window laughing at me, you know, because I'm just yanking, I'm getting a sweat just trying to start this mower. And he kind of looks at it, and he looks at it, and instantly he sees the problem, he bends over, and there's this little switch that turns the, the, it opens up the connection where the gas can now get to the engine. He literally went like this, and then he went like this, vroom, and walked into the house. It was almost like a mic drop. 
And it was so frustrating for me because I thought just one little thing, one little piece, and the engine would have worked. And today I want to tell you that you were designed to flourish in your relationships. You were designed for connection, but we live in a world where disconnection seems to be more normal than connection. In fact, I think there are so many Christians that are a lot like that lawnmower. You have everything going for you. You have the shiny blade, the wheels, the, the engine, the spark plug, the pole. Everything is good, but you're missing the most simple and most powerful part of all, and that's connection. That's connection. And when I say connection, I mean you will only flourish in the kingdom of God when you are connected to the Father, and hear this, connected with other believers. One of the major problems that we see in Christianity today is more and more people are disconnected than they are connected. And the big idea this morning, if you're taking notes, is I'd love for you to write this down, is that you were designed to have flourishing relationships with God and his people. You were designed to have flourishing relationships with God and his people. And if you're with me today, you might be thinking, but Pastor Nate, that really hasn't been my experience. I've been to church and it seems like people talk, we'll put that the best way possible, a lot. They argue, they tear each other's down. It's like friendly fire. I have found enemies. What, what, what do you mean? And what I want you to know is just because you've had a bad experience doesn't mean it's the way it's supposed to be. That lawnmower, I could have thrown it away and said, oh, that's junk, it doesn't work. But when it's connected, it works perfectly. The same is true for you and for me. Jesus has a plan for us, and the first step for every single person here, if you want to have flourishing relationships, you must be connected to Jesus. But this problem is massive, it's pervasive, and it really is causing the culture of Christians to struggle. And I want to read you a statistic that I found very interesting. In February of 2021, Harvard Graduate School of Education released um, a study that found that 36% of all Americans, now listen to this, including where my young adults at over here? I think they're over there. We got, raise your hand, young adults. I know, I'm sorry, I'm asking you to do something. Uh, young adults, raise your hands. Any young adults in the house? Who wants to be a young adult? There we go. All right. All right. There we go. 36% of all Americans, including 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers with young children, feel serious loneliness in America today. Serious loneliness. I think we have forgotten how much the pandemic really has impacted our relationships. I just read a study that the average person who goes to church believes that if they make it to church just about two times a month, that that is regular attendance. They don't need to surf. They don't need to do anything. But connection happens with just barely and not even quite on average under two times a month and you're connected. How many know if I talk to my wife twice a month, we would not have very good connection? <laughs> you see, we laugh at that part because it's funny, but we forget we're supposed to be connected to each other. Yeah. 
And more importantly, maybe how about this one? What if I only talked to God twice a month? What if I only read my Bible twice a month? What if I only spent time waiting on the Holy Spirit and saying, oh, thank you for who you are and what you're doing. And the reason we do all of that is because it's about connection. You see, what the enemy wants you to do is get into the rule book and start checking it off. Oh, I did 32 days last month. Wait, there's only 31. And we start comparing, we start competing, and we start doing all these different things. And we realize Throw the scorecard away and connect with Jesus. Connect with the Holy Spirit. And when you're connected, life flows through. You see, you and I were designed to have relationships that flourish, but they won't flourish if you're not connected to the vine. As Jesus says in John 15, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you go to Genesis, the reason we would say that you are designed for connection in Genesis 2.18, God looked down on Adam and he said this, it is not good for man to be alone. He built you and me, all of us, for relationships. But if we're going to be honest, relationships are not easy. Relationships take work. Relationships are things that we have to pay attention to. And what we have to recognize is that if we're going to flourish in the way that God wants us to flourish, to become the me we were designed to be, we have to fight for our relationship, connection with God and with other believers. And how many would say with me that it's worth the fight? Okay, most of us. I got a lot of work to do. In John 15... This is the last of seven statements that Jesus says. I am. He says, I'm the bread of life. I'm all these different things. And the seventh one, he comes and he says, I am the vine. And then he looks at his disciples and he says, you are the branches. So I want to do a, real, a really quick exercise for all of us. I know someone's like, I'm, I didn't stretch yet, Pastor Nate. Don't worry. It's okay. I want you to just make yourself a vine for a second. Go ahead, Mr. Miyagi. Come on, some of you are doing it. All right, I'm a vine. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. You're not the vine. You're a branch. All right, thank you so much. Online, you did a great job too. I'm, I'm sure of it. Here's the problem. When you're not connected to the vine... You think you're the vine. I'm going to say that one more time because some of us missed it. When you're not connected to the vine, you think you're the vine. And here's what it looks like. I can do Christianity. I can do relationships all by myself. And you know what ends up happening? We slowly die. And it happens so slow that people think they're flourishing when they're actually dying. That's why Satan loves for people to think they can do it on their own. Loves for people to be isolated. Loves for you to think, I've got this. But Jesus made it so simple. He just said something really, really interesting. In the Greek, the word is meno. And you're, it's translated in different translations uh, three different ways. Stay, abide, and remain. 
They're all saying the same things. All he's saying is this. I came to you. I chose you. I love you. All you have to do is receive me and stay with me. Abide with me. Remain with me. And for some reason, we have a hard time with that. We want to go our own way. We like the way things are. The first flashy thing that comes our way, we go after it. And what ends up happening, if we don't remain, we get disconnected. And in John, I want to read this to you. I want you to count with me how many times, and we'll see who gets the right number. This is a test. You ready? Get your Bibles out. Get your pens. In John 15, I want you to count with me how many times Jesus says remain. All right? So in John 15, verse 1 through 17, Jesus starts out with this. Now, see how many you can get. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain, hint, hint. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Did you hear what Jesus just said? You are called to be fruitful, but you won't bear fruit if you're not connected to the vine. Verse five, I am the vine and you are the branches. Do we need to do the exercise again? Do we got that? Are we okay? So I'm like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Okay. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do all things. Anything you want, whatever you dream it, you can be it. Believe in yourself. How many have heard that message in your lifetime? Have you ever thought that was against the gospel? What has Disney been preaching to me all these years? It's all about me. Once I find my prince or princess, I've got this. That's why the movies can't last more than 90 minutes. Because reality is about to take place. I want you to hear this. This is so important. You should underline this. Without him, I can do nothing. If we took that more seriously, I wonder how different our relationships on earth would be. I wonder how different we would treat each other. Without him, I can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If you're a disciple of Jesus, there should be fruit in your life. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain, are we still counting everyone? Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you 
friends. How many of you are glad that Jesus calls you friend? Isn't that good? He calls you friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that lasts And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Are you ready? Love each other. How many times did Jesus use the word remain? How many? Eleven. Someone said ten. Don't worry, I counted ten the first time too. I had to meet with some of our staff and they helped me out and uh, we found out it was 11. 11 times. So anytime somebody repeats something, it's probably pretty important, right? Remain in me. And he said, if you do not remain in me, then there's nothing possible for you. But if you remain in him, you can do all things. But here's the most important part of that passage in John 15, 16. If you go up just a couple back verses, he says this. You did not choose me, I chose you. What Jesus is modeling right there is the most important thing. If you have a relationship in your life that is disconnected, it's actually your responsibility, if you want connection, to choose connection. As long as you choose disconnection, there won't be connection. As long as you choose, there will be connection. Now, this is the hard part about this. Oftentimes we choose connection, but the other person doesn't choose us back. And what most of us do is we say, oh, that's it. I'm done with you. I'll throw in the towel. Forget about it. How many are glad that Jesus didn't do that to you? When you were faithless, he was faithful. God has this position towards you and me that all of us want to grow in and understand because if we're going to have flourishing relationships the way that we're designed to be, we must learn to love the way Jesus loved. And here's how it is. He's saying, I'm always picking you. One of the things that really hurts kids' feelings is when they pick captains and teams and they play in the playground. And we all have seen this. They line them up. You go, I pick you, I pick you, I pick you, I pick you. And it gets down to that last kid. And there's only two teams. And they both pick and, oh, there's an odd number. And they get left out and they walk away sad. Come on, we've all seen that. Maybe we've even had that happen to us. Do you know that Jesus is saying, I'm leaving the 99. I'm going to pick that one. I'm picking you. I'm picking you. And even when you're not picking me back, I chose you. And I love you. And I'm leaning in. I want connection with you. But here's the best thing about Jesus. He gives us the choice. If he didn't give us a choice, it wouldn't be love. We must choose him back. We must remain in him. And if we don't, if we don't remain in him, then we lose connection. And what is the result of a lost connection? It's simply death. In 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The question I want to ask today is how can we restore connection 
through this one word, remain. He said, remain, right? He said, remain. How, how do you remain? How do you stay connected to Jesus? The number one, first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this. He says this is so important. Obey. Boy, that's a counterculture word today. Anybody excited about that one? Obey. That flies in the face of everything that we want to do. I want to do my thing, go my own way. But Jesus says this in the, in the verse, John 15, 10. He says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Do you notice what that passage says? I want you to look at the verse up on the screen or in your Bibles. What did Jesus say? I am remaining in my Father's love. Why would he say that? So that you would see the power and the connection that Jesus, even Jesus, the Son of God, still submits to the will of the Father. Even before he goes to the cross, he says, not my will, but yours be done. If Jesus had to obey, don't we have to obey? And if we're going to obey, what does that really look like? It looks like connection. When I was growing up, um, my grandfather, my, my mom's dad, his name was Greg Young. He owned a gas station, Young's Exxon, and it was in uh, Federal Way, Washington. And he had a garage shop in the back, and then after a while, they got rid of the gas station, and they went down below and had their own little shop. And so I remember as a kid, we'd go down there, and I, get, I would get to go and learn some different things from, uh, from my grandpa. And one of the things that he taught me right off the bat, and by the way that I'm untangled this, you would think, he didn't teach you very well, did he? <laughs> well, we're working on it, don't we? We're all in process, everyone. We're all in process. And uh, he showed me these two cables just like this. And, you know, I'm going like this, you know, no, no big deal, you know, playing around with them. But then he hooked it up to a battery. And just for fun, he touched them. And the electricity shock, I mean, it scared me. It was like, boom, right? And so he said, Nathan, one of the things that is going to happen in your life is that you or somebody you know or you'll run up to somebody and their battery will be dead. And they're going to ask you to do something. What do you think they're going to ask you to do? Call AAA. Yes, exactly. No, 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 no. <laughs> Isn't that what we've come to? Do you have jumper cables? No, but I got a phone number. Right? So he showed me how to do this, right? And he, I'll never forget, he said, Nate, always put the black on, which one? The negative, the black, but what, someone said it, you put it on what? First. I don't know why. He just said it. But I do know what happens if you mix it the wrong way. You do get shocked. And I watched a battery melt right in front of my eyes. It was the best lesson he ever taught me. So many people are disconnected to their heavenly father. Because they have everything in front of them. They just refuse to connect. And what ends up happening is there will be people that will come into your life 
that their batteries are dead. Their life's a mess. They're falling apart. And what ends up happening is they say, oh, I know exactly what to do. And they'll throw some verses at them. They'll say some different things. But when they go to, to give some power away, they're connected to nothing. There's no power right here, is there? The only way these cables have any power whatsoever, will this give it power? How about this? I've got all the power I need. That's what looking, that's what it looks like to not have your life connected to the vine. I want you to think about your life for just a second. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Because it's really easy in church to get excited and talk about the vine and what Jesus does. But if I am not connected to a power source greater than myself, how can I give anything away? How can I be filled with joy? How can I be filled with the fruit of the Spirit? I'm connected to something. And I hear people say it all the time. I can feel the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. As you're looking at it, you're like, oh, pastor, this is getting too real. Absolutely. Why? Because I'm tired of seeing the American Christian church be powerless. You were designed to have power. Why? Because Jesus has abundant, limitless power. The secret is to obey. And so what we must come back to is unless my life is connected to Jesus, unless I'm connected to him, I'm not going to bear any fruit. What are you more connected to? Jesus or the things of this world? And one of the best ways to tell is where does your mind drift? Right now as I'm talking, there's a battle for your attention. There's a battle for your thoughts. There's a battle for your heart. There's a battle for your soul. There's a battle for flourishing relationship. There's a battle going on right now in this room. I can feel it and I know you can too. And it's all about connection. Because the last thing Satan wants you to have is connection with your heavenly father because he knows the moment you are connected to your heavenly father, you have all the power you need to flourish in this life. You see, when we see it for what it really is, the things of this world fail to compare to the greatness of our God. The first choice, if you're going to remain, may know, abide, stay, remain. The first choice is obey. So you have to ask yourself this question, is there any part of my life that's in disobedience? Because that step of disobedience is the first step to disconnection. So how do we get back to remaining? Repent and obey. So much more than lip service. It's actually a new direction. The second thing that we're going to have to do, first is obey. Second thing you're going to have to do, and this is the one, just as hard as obey, probably harder, is sacrifice. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. In John 15, 13, right here, the beginning, that first part of it, Jesus uses the word agape. There's actually four different words in the Greek for love. There's a word 
for friends, erotic love, and familiar love. But this word that he uses is agape. And here's what it means. Unconditional love that can only come from God. How can you love people even when they don't love you back? Through the source of power flowing through you from Jesus Christ. That's how you flourish. That's how you flourish. If you want to be powerful in your relationships and choose him and connect with him, there's going to have to be something that's sacrificed. Do you know that in Romans it says this, that you are to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God? That's your spiritual act of worship. So when we sing these songs, it's not just about the tune, the volume, or the choice of song. It's actually about you and me laying down your life one more time to God and saying, I'm going to connect to the vine and I am going to sacrifice my flesh. My feet may hurt. I don't want to raise my arms. I don't want to sing. I can barely understand what's happening, but I do it anyways. Why? Because a rock's not going to take my place and worship my God. Because he has saved me, he's redeemed me. If he never did another thing for me, I have a reason to praise God. And the truth is, you never have to teach a grateful person how to worship. Grateful people, they get it. He saved me! I was lost, now I'm found. I was dead, now I'm alive. My relationships were a mess. And the best part about all that I'm saying to you is that Jesus did it first for you. He's not asking you to do anything that he hasn't done himself. And the next part I want to bring up, which is, I think, so critical in relationships, is that just because I choose to love you, even though you may not love me or respond in a way that I would like, ooh, you love me. Let's give it a hug. Pound it, bro. Let's do our little handshake. Because sometimes we love people and they, they, they just reject us. And I, I want to say this so, so clearly and importantly. If you're going to remain in Jesus, you have to obey. Do you realize what Jesus just set? A very clear boundary. One of the reasons relationships break is because they don't have clear boundaries. Oftentimes, people say, oh, you should just love me. Well, you're not being very loving. Well, I can still love you, but the boundary line is very clear. How many options are there? Red and black. But I want there to be purple. I want to do what I want to do. And can I just say this, parents, if you have kids, grandparents, the best thing that you can do is have healthy boundaries with your children. God is everything in your life. Your spouse is next. And I'm sorry, the kids should be down there. Like, are you sure? Yes. Kids need you to be their parents. They need you to show what healthy boundaries look like. They need you to say no. In their fit and mess and rage, they need no. They're begging you to say no. Even though it looks like, why? I have found 
over and over and over and over and over. Being a pastor's kid, looking at generations and generations, the kids that are still serving God today, whether they're pastor's kids, deacon kids, Sunday school parents, it's not just what happens at school. It's not just what happens at church. It's not just what happens at the playground. You know where kids mostly get discipled? It's in their house. It's how you're interpreting what's happening. And I want to say this as lovingly as I can. If you're not connected to Jesus, how can you expect your kids to be connected to Jesus? If you're not modeling connection. So what does connection look like? For me, I'll be completely honest. When Myla and I first got married, I thought connection looked like sitting in front of a television watching SportsCenter and her sitting right next to me. That lasted about 15 minutes. I waited all this time to get married. So excited to marry Myla that I couldn't wait to sit and watch SportsCenter with her. It was so exciting. But don't we do that to God? God, you can have my time as long as I'm driving to work and I have a few hours of time. I'll put a little Bible on and just play it. The Bible talks about having a secret place with him. Do you have a closet? Do you have a carpet? Do you have a pillow? Do you make time? If I could have the worship team come up. Because if you don't make time to connect to the Father, you will not remain in him. One of the things you have to know about Portland Christian Center that your pastors, every single week, Monday through Thursday, from 8.30 to 9, we connect to the Father. How? I turn on, we turn on worship music in here. They all have their Bibles. They have their life journals. And we just spend 15 minutes, minutes worshiping, journaling, and just connecting to the vine. And I told them right from the beginning. And by the way, if you want to join us, you're more than welcome to join us. And you're like, are you serious? Absolutely. Why? Because I want every single person to choose to connect to the Father. Why, why would I want that? Because if you're not connected to the Father, the life's going to hit you. And what spills out is what's really, what really you're connected to. What do I mean by that? If I'm connected to the world, if someone hits me or life hits me hard, I'm going to fight back. I'm going to punch. I'm going to do all kinds of things. I'm going to become something God's not called me to become. But if I'm connected to the vine, I don't want to just act like a Christian. I will react like a Christian. I want to have Christian reactions. What does that mean? It looks like love. The third and final thing is the most simple of all. This is my command. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command to love each other. But what if they're mean? Love. What if they're telling lies about me? Love. What if the relationship's busted and broken and it's evil? Love. I still have boundaries. Just because I love you doesn't mean you get to live in my house. Just because I say I love you, it doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want and talk to me or my kids or my family any way you want. There's still a healthy line. You still have to obey. A perfect example of this is a guy named Billy Joe Daughtry in 2005. He was a pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma, preaching a sermon just like this. 
altar time comes. He comes down just like he's praying with somebody and it's on camera. You can YouTube it. A man punches him right in the face. Hits him right here and you watch Billy Joe. Great name, by the way. Gets knocked over like this and the guy keeps coming after him. And fortunately, which by the way, we have great security at Portland Christian Center in case you're wondering. (laughs) Snags him, grabs him to the ground and Billy Joe walks up, he's got, over here, he's got blood draining from his eyes. And I wrote it down because I want you to remember this. The very first thing he says when he gets to the pulpit, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's a man who's connected to the vine. Because life's gonna hit you. Doctor's reports are gonna hit you. Your kids, your friends, your family, your marriage. It's just like a hot cup of coffee. When you get bumped, something's gonna come out. What's gonna come out of your life? Are you gonna bear fruit? Are you gonna flourish? Are you producing a life with God and with the people around you that's flourishing? Would you stand with me? I want you to ask yourself a question. Holy Spirit, Is there anything in my life that's causing me to be disconnected with you? Is there anything that's causing disconnection? What areas am I disobeying? The Bible says if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. Boom, disconnection. Embellishing the truth, speaking evil against other people. I just believe that you were designed to flourish. And in order to flourish, we must obey. Obedience is the secret to connection with your heavenly father. And it will change not only your relationship with him, but your relationship with other people. You will flourish in your relationships. So if you're here today and you would be honest with me, say, Pastor Nate, there's a disconnect with my heart with my heavenly father and I want to be connected to him. It's not just emotions. This is about obedience. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand you want to repent of any area of your life where you're disobeying God? Lots of hands. Keep them up just for a second. Just keep them up. You want to repent of the disobedience in your heart. Thank you. Disobedience, that's causing disconnection. Lots of hands. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I want to pray for you right where you're at. Father, I pray for every hand that came up. I ask that you would touch their hearts. I ask that you'd forgive them. And I pray that as we get ready to sing today, that they would restore connection with you by simply remaining connected to the vine. And it's through obedience. Father, forgive us our sins. We repent and we turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If I could have the prayer partners go ahead and come on down. At the end of every service, we take time to pray with everybody. If you want prayer, go ahead and come on down. Don't wait for me. But I want to give you an opportunity to connect, to receive prayer and connect. We would love to pray with you. Would you lift your hands right where you are? 
And let's say, before we pray, before we sing, I want you to say this with me. Say, Jesus, you're the vine. I'm the branches. Help me to connect to you. Help me to stay connected. Not just right now, but Monday. Monday through Sunday, I'm going to be connected to you. You're the vine. I'm the branches. Let's say that one more time. You're the vine. I'm the branch. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is working right now. I can just feel his presence. He's stirring hearts. He chose you. He loves you. He's with you. He's not against you. I rebuke the lie of the enemy that God is not for you. Jesus, break down barriers and walls. I just need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. There are people in this room that the reason you're not connected to God is because you're trying to protect yourself. You've been hurt, you've been wounded, you've been disappointed, and you're trying to protect. And I want you to know right now the only way to be set free and to connect is to bring your pain and leave it at the feet of Jesus. If that's you, would you just lift your hands? I want to pray with you. There's pain and you need to protect. You feel like you got to protect. I see those hands. Father, right now I pray for every hand that's lifted high. God, I pray that you would touch their hearts. All the pain, all the sorrow, all the disappointment, we leave it at your feet, Jesus. And we ask that you would heal our hearts. You are the vine that brings life and refreshing and wholeness. Touch us today, I pray, Jesus, in your mighty name. We would love to pray with you. Amen. Would you come down? We'd love to pray with you. Let's sing this song together. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com. Dot com.